Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. Hey, everybody. Today, we have the pleasure of having Mike Staus on the show. Mike comes to us from Clayco. Uh, Mike has a bunch of initials behind his name, and we'll get to what those are. DBIA, Lead AP, LFA, CM Lean. He is a project director for Clayco, a national design build company. Uh, Brings over 17 years of experience in the design build industry. He's responsible for ensuring the project design is complete and balanced with the construction budget, which is oh so complicated these days in a uh, supply chain and labor market that is, uh, I think, the hardest we've ever dealt with in uh, my lifetime. He plays an active role in all phases of the project from initial programming through final turnover and has specific subject matter expertise on pull planning, which we will get to a little deeper. Mike, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. So, Mike, the way we start off the show is uh, kind of getting to know you. Uh, 17 years in the industry, all 17 at Clayco? All 17, yeah. Right out of school. Wow. Started as a project that's engineer. A, uh, that's, that's a credit to you and to Clayco. Uh, so we'll get into that. But talk to us. What have your roles been? Where'd you go to school? Uh, when did you get interested in the construction industry? And, and what's your journey been so far? Yeah. Um, so I just kind of fell into construction. Um, I was down at Missouri Rala, uh, pursuing an engineering management degree and, uh, started working with my stepdad, uh, in the summers and throughout the, uh, while I finished my degree and, uh, really enjoyed the building side of things and, uh, solving some of the complex problems that come along with it. Uh, and then after graduating, I had a opportunity at Clayco come up that I couldn't pass up and, you know, like you mentioned, 17 years later, here I am, uh, started as a project engineer, uh, working at, you know, projects all across the country, varying from million square foot warehouses for major clients like Amazon, healthcare data centers, virtual care centers, uh, multiple residence halls for different universities, kind of had a little bit of everything. That's awesome. Uh, before we go any further, I think you listened to, uh, to our podcast with Dan Lester, but also a uh, University of Missouri Rolla or Missouri University of Science Technology now. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I went to grad school there. So we've got that in common. Uh, talk to us about uh, a lot of our listeners are newer to the industry or, or uh, one of the main audiences we have are transitioning military veterans. So talk to us about DBIA, LFA, CM Lean, and Lead AP. Yeah, uh, Lead AP seems to be the key phrase there that everybody knows, focused on sustainability through the USGBC. Uh, just a program that you can go through for uh, projects and buildings that uh, are trying to push towards that green sustainability envelope. Uh, same with the LFA. That's kind of a newer uh, program. Yeah, that's the, new to me. Yeah, it's from the Living it. Building uh, uh. Challenge. And so they're, they're really focused on, it's it's a living future. So it's, it's I, I take it as like a step up from, lead AP. They're not just concerned about the construction of the building. They're looking at how the building interacts with the environment and how the building looks and the long-term effects of the building on the world. Uh, and then DBIA, um, when I went after that early in my career, uh, it's the Design Build Institute of America. 
uh, just going through my training and uh, sitting in one of the classes when they heard I was from Clayco, they kind of sat back and said, well, Clayco, you should be up here teaching the class. You know, Clayco is a very big design builder. It's kind of where we were founded uh, before that phrase was around. Um, so um, just felt like that was a program I needed to get involved with as well. So DBIA is the Design Build Institute of America, right? Yes. And then CM Lean. Yeah. So uh, one of my projects recently up at Penn State University, uh, had a lot of experience with Lean and uh, really got excited about it and thought that this is the next wave coming for construction. Uh, everybody realizes that the construction industry is broken <laughs> and, there, and it hasn't really changed since you know, the conception. So uh, Lean is really an exciting program coming forward that, uh, that I, I see as um, changing the environment in construction. And uh, when I looked out, I, I, there didn't, weren't any education or training platforms available uh, other than I think the AGC does a CM Lean training course. Uh, that I got engaged with and went through the process. So what is the, if you, the thumbnail of CM Lean? So, I mean, you're going to learn uh, all the, the tenets of Lean. The, the, big, the big thing you're looking for is the respect for people. You know, Lean focuses on eliminating waste in all aspects and respecting people. Uh, and so they push that through the different ways in implementing on your project. Are you focused on the budget tar through target value delivery or target value design uh, while you're designing the project. Uh, everybody really equates lean to the pull planning systems. Uh, and so that's what, that was a big, heavy focus of it. So let's jump right in. Um, I, before we jumped on the show, while I was studying at University of Missouri Rolla at the time for my engineering management degree, we talked about project alliancing. Uh, and I think it was Australia that, that started that concept and it was all about uh, sharing risk and sharing reward across the entire project stakeholder group. Um, not all about shifting risk, but more focused on project success. Um, and then I've, I've read a little bit and heard a little bit about the pull planning method uh, as opposed to critical planning method. My understanding on the thumbnail, again, is it's more of a team oriented approach to how to schedule a project and get a project done as opposed to a scheduler telling the project manager or the project manager dictating who's got what, when, uh, but if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. So talk to us about what it is, how it works, uh, and, and what the, the pluses are to, to the, uh, methodology. Yeah. So there, you know, like you mentioned, there's two different ways to schedule, especially you focus on construction. Uh, there's push scheduling and pull scheduling. Uh, so push scheduling is your, your traditional method that you know uh, the construction manager is pushing the schedule based on predetermined dates out to the field, and it releases the work without knowing if downstream work is ready for it. So regardless of if, if it's ready, the schedule's dictating it, saying this activity should start. With pull planning, uh, it, it releases the work only when that downstream work is ready. And it's, like you mentioned, created by those who install the work. So it's a collaborative approach uh, in building the schedule, focused on eliminating gaps and really uh, focusing on scheduling the last possible moment. What are some of the techniques you have to use or what are the lessons you've learned in doing it? And, and how are people, uh, subcontractors, are they cooperative about it? Do, do you find that it's, uh, like you said, I, I joke that, AEC, archaic, expensive, and complicated, right? There's a lot of things that we can be doing different and better in the industry, and we're slow to change. Um, 
So how do you feel like it's being accepted? Yeah, so I guess I'll start with kind of my introduction to it was up at a project I was working on Penn State University. Uh, they were pushing us to implement some lean techniques and really focusing on the last planner or whole planning scheduling. And, you know, my first reaction was what I get when I try to bring it up on other projects is, you know, we're already doing this. We just don't call it lean or, you know, oh, great, here comes another system I've got to learn that's going to just slow me down in the long run. Uh, but as we, we started to dig into the details of it and saw the benefits, uh, we really, we really thought, saw it as an advantage uh, to the process and, and continued on with it. Are, are there any statistics around where it's been utilized and if, you, if a project's having better success? Yeah, so uh, studies have definitely shown that push planning schedules, they achieve their dates about 50 to 60% of the time uh, or their activities. Uh, the pull planning, your target starts to move up to 75 to 95% of activities completed on time. And that, you know, can easily be attributed to the people that are designing the pull planning schedule are the last planners, which are the workers in the field that are actually doing the work. So they know what it's going to take to get it done. And so they're, they're collaborating together, working together as a team to, to focus on those milestones or those targets. So what would, what would a naysayer say about it? Or are there not naysayers? But, you know, if, if pull planning is going to fail, it's going to fail because someone's trying to force a technology. You know, we've got all these different software programs out here now that do everything for us for any aspect of construction. <laughs> but uh, I learned early on, uh, got an example earlier this year, I was on a project uh, and we were really pushing the software side of things. And uh, we had a foundation subcontractor that just really didn't get it, really wasn't understanding the process. They would come to meetings and bang their head against the wall, couldn't hit our target date that we were trying, you know, the milestone we were trying to push or uh, advise them on. Uh, and we come to come to find out that they just didn't understand the pull planning process. So it, through the software program, so we broke out a marker board, some post-it notes, and our superintendent went up there, explained the pull planning process to them slowly, kind of walked them through all the steps and then backed away. And it was amazing. They all huddled around this marker board with the post-it notes. And within 30 minutes, they solved the complex problem uh, that we needed to detail a month worth of scheduling to hit the date. And, and it was all driven because, you know, like I said, um, people are going to look at it and say, well, we're trying to use a software program. Pull planning is going to fail. It's not working. Let's just trash it and walk away. And, and sometimes people get stuck in that forcing technology uh, uh, problem as opposed to kind of looking for the simplest technique. So your superintendent had to be pretty knowledgeable in it to be able to just go up to the whiteboard and, and train it. So I guess that's the best way to, to get somebody to buy in is, uh, I'll call it muddy boots to muddy boots, you know, in the field, figure it out and, and explain the benefits. How about on the owner's side? Do the owners immediately see the benefit of it? Maybe not immediately, uh, but, you know, there's statistics out there showing that whole plan projects are turned over 30% faster and uh, cost 15% less. So that, that definitely strikes a chord with the owners. They, they hear those numbers and those percentages and they're, they're very interested. And, you know, for, for a pull planning system to work, you really need the owner engaged and, and really excited about it. Uh, that's what we had at that Penn State project was they were a very knowledgeable client. You know, I, I attribute BIM and BIM's you know, grow to fame through Penn State. I learned about it really early on through that university before I was even, we were even working with them and engaged. And so when they started pushing lean, I said, well, okay, 
these guys know what they're talking about. We better pay attention. Um, and so that as that starts to spread and owners start to learn more about it and successes and the, the, the budget savings, <laughs> they're going to be more yeah. interested in it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do some research for just the show notes to see if we can find an article that talks about uh, project savings and, and, you know, owner's view, because I think that is how it spreads and big fan of Penn state, uh, number of mentors that went through their architectural engineering program. We had a intern here this summer from Penn state. So I agree. They, they're on the bleeding edge of the construction engineering industry. Any other items you want to hit on, on pole planning, Mike? I would say that, uh, you know, Pole planning is a portion of it. You know, that's where everybody's going up to the board and putting the post-it notes up and and kind of creating that phase and that sequencing, but that's not it. You know, you've got to start early on uh, in the process. You can do it in design, pre-construction, construction, construction, even turnover. You just need a bunch of milestones to pull from, and then you can have your pull plan session, but it it doesn't just end there. You know, you're going to do a weekly work plan where everybody's going to get together and review the past week's events. Did we hit our targets? Are we achieving what we're doing? and look forward and see if we need to make any last minute adjustments for the construction that's coming up for that week. In addition to that, you want to have uh, daily huddles. So everybody gets together for, you know, no more than 15 minutes and kind of huddles on the project to talk through where's everybody working for the day? Are there any major deliveries? And that's, that's part of the success in pull planning is it just doesn't stop with the post-it notes or the early pull plan sessions. So are those sessions in lieu of, or, you know, we talk about a toolbox session or, you know, safety tip of the day before we go out in the field. Is that, is that now everybody's thinking about and talking about the schedule in those sessions? Yeah. You sit in, you know, our, our typical owners are, you know, project manager, superintendent meetings that we'd have on a Clayco job site uh, weekly would last, you know, an hour, two hours in some cases, because a lot of it's spending the time on the schedule. But if you start to implement poll planning and you're doing it early on, you're doing it, weekly and your updates and you're doing it daily, it really sucks that time back. Uh, we like to do it right after our stretch and flex in the morning. So we get everybody out there, do our stretch and flex. And then as all the workers go to work, superintendents, foremen's all huddled together for 15 minutes. You know, that's key. Try to keep it yeah. short and sweet. And uh, it's, it's really just focus on that collaboration. What, what you don't want to have happen is if you miss that talk, two contractors are in the same area working together or there's a major delivery block and someone else off. If you can have that quick conversation in the morning to talk about that, then everybody is able to react quickly as opposed to when it's happening in the moment. Right. All right. So let's, let's shift gears from, from uh, kind of the technical poll planning to the leadership side as a, as a project exec project director lessons learned through this process, communication, leadership, uh, talk to us about any lessons you've learned, you know, from pole planning or, or just in general over your career? Uh, I mentioned the technology. Clayco. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't force technology. Just find what works. Uh, and you know, the first time moment I heard of lean and all the systems involved, I, I thought it was great, made logical sense to me. And so I wanted to run full speed, dive head first into this and implement all of them all at once. <laughs> Huge mistake. <laughs> you know, we had different levels of experience, uh, among our trade partners and our team. Uh, and I quickly realized that we needed to slowly implement based on the different projects, even projects I'm working on today, I can find and say, well, this one can accept a little bit more. Maybe this one, I have to slow, slowly work some of the systems in and build upon them. Uh, so you really need to be cognizant of that as you're trying to roll the program out. 
and, and it, it, you know, even the small things, the small things matter. Your, your whole goal here is to eliminate waste in construction. So whatever you're doing to do that focuses on lean uh, and, and really making it a collaborative environment. You want a one team aspect working together. Uh, so when you're tracking those missed dates and you're, you're talking with a trade partner and saying, hey, you missed this date because of manpower, how are you going to fix that? You don't want to shame them and, you know, and, and really hammer that. You want to take that information and use it as a knowledge base to understand why did they miss it? What were the manpower issues? How do we address that early on before it becomes an issue? Uh, so it's creating that ap- team atmosphere. Yeah. So I, I mean, that alone, I think if you look back at the industry, again, owner trying to push risk to the general contractor, general contractor trying to, you know, spread that risk down to the, to the subcontractors and then, you know, beating people into submission or squeezing them into no profit, creating that collaborative atmosphere. Um, it sounds like because you start talking about schedule with everybody and because it's collaborative, that almost automatically turns it into a team environment. Uh, have you found that to be the case? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you're creating those post-it notes, you're, you're dictating what you're committing to do in a time frame, and you're asking for work ahead of you to be completed. You're saying what task needs to be completed in order for you to start that work. So the, the coordination between those two tasks on the post-it notes called the handoff. Yeah. Well, the handoff between trades is extremely important. And as the, the trade before you gets done, completes on time reliably, you start to complete your tasks reliably ahead of time or on time. And that, that immediately creates that trust between the team and, and that collaborative environment. So when there is an issue that you need to work around, manpower, labor shortage, you know, uh, uh, material shortages, things like that. Everybody on the team seems to work together because of that trust and that partnership working. Yeah, that, that is definitely an evolution in the industry. So I, I'm going to be curious to do a little more digging on it. Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE verified service disabled veteran owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. Switching gears, we go into a little bit of a rapid fire question, Mike. I don't know if you got to look at some of the questions beforehand, but outside of work, what are you involved in, if anything? You got family, any uh, any current events or, or uh, social issues you're, you're uh, engaged in? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I've got a wife, two kids, just sent my uh, son down to Mizzou. Uh, he's been in there down a, down a few weeks, getting ready to go visit him on parents weekend. So it's exciting. Nice. Uh, scared. They, Couldn't they have a to football go game that weekend. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go watch him make an attempt at winning. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> SEC is a difficult schedule. I, I, um, that it is. I, I am involved in our town's sustainability commission. So we're really focused on trying to to get the community engaged in sustainability and recognize that program. Uh, so that's, that's been exciting. And, um, yeah. Good what's the, what's the overall, you know, if you, ha- if you have a win yet on the sustainability commission, what is the, what are the wins? So we, yeah, actually they were right when I got engaged about a year or so ago, maybe a year and a half ago, um, they were bringing on a sustainability plan, like a master plan for the community, and engage in the city, uh, the major win is the city's considering it. <laughs> and they're actually looking at, you know, they're very excited about it. I think the new group of people that is, that's in the government, uh, where we're at is, uh, 
is focused on sustainability and uh and that that's definitely been exciting very cool favorite quotes uh yes this was tough to figure out a favorite quote i think uh you know, I love John Murr and the, you know, the mountains are calling and I must go. I'm a huge outdoors enthusiast. Uh, I believe that that's the only way to recharge your batteries is to kind of get to where your cell phone and, you know, doesn't work and you're, you're disconnected from the world and, and out in kind of nature. Amen to that. Uh, must read book. Well, if I'm going to go with something that focuses on what we're talking about here, I recently read a book called the lean builder. Okay. Uh, and that, really opened my eyes. A lot of the lean books I've read previously uh, are a little dry and a little focused <laughs> on, you know, the, the, the main points of lead and they don't really, to me, explain it well. Uh, this book, The Lean Builder, took it and wrote it, it basically is written as a story. Uh, so it has a great game plan on how to deal with your project and to, to head down the lean path, the different steps to implement and kind of open my eyes to slowly implement these plans over the course of the project. If I'm if you're if I'm not tying you down to industry specific books, any other must reads? Uh, I'd say the Impossible Climb. Uh, it's Alex Honnold's Free Solo of El Cap, kind of focused on the climbing world. Again, sticking with that theme of the outdoors. Yeah, I outdoors. Guess, but, yeah. All right, dead or alive. If you could hang out with three people for a day, who would they be? What would you do? I'm this too is outdoors. Yeah, I, I couldn't come up with three. I, I mean, my my immediate thought was uh, Elon Musk. I think you know. A lot of people are think he might be a little controversial character, but I feel like he's constantly pushing the envelope. Uh, he's focused on creating a sustainable future and solving some of the world's complex problems. So I think it'd be really interesting just to even follow him around in the shadows for a day and just see how he lives his life and engages in all these different companies. Yeah. Did you get a second one? I know you said you don't have a third. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of. You know that that would be tough. I'm, I'm stuck. Right. <laughs> no, no worries. I'll give you the pass. Yeah. Uh, you've got kids. You've been in the industry for 17 years. How would you like to be remembered? What's your What's your legacy? Yeah, I just want everybody, you know, think of me. I guess as a good guy. Just never stop being curious or learning about things, and uh, just trying to do the best for my family. Awesome. Well, I'm sure all the projects you're engaged in are uh, lucky to have you. Uh, having a balanced approach and, and a curious mind, I think, leads to better leadership and better po project uh, outcomes. So uh, it's great having you on. I look forward to staying in touch with you about uh, the poll planning and, and maybe picking your brain uh, on the side here as we start implementing it in our projects. But Mike Staus, thanks so much for being a part of uh, the Inspiring People in Places podcast. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People in Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open. Contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.